You're listening to the Irish Times. Champions League, no Champions Cup, Pat. Yeah, you can keep your Champions League. The Champions League has been comically unpredictable, whereas the Champions Cup has been completely Mostly predictable, predictable. <laughs> and bringing us towards. But it's been it's brought us to the the pairing we want, really. You know, that mm-hmm. is it. So we have an added time uh, special podcast for uh, the weekend that's in it. Uh, Leinster play uh, Saracens on Saturday in the Heineken Champions Cup final, and we have. Our main men in, Jerry Thorney, you heard harumphing there in the background. How you doing? And Gavin Comiskey, you heard scribbling there in the background. Yeah, we're typing as we uh, as we podcast. <laughs> this is what journalism is all about. <laughs> uh, Pat is correct, of course. This is these are there, there's no brooking no argument here. Best two teams in Europe, best two teams in the competition, face off. Best two teams in the northern hemisphere of the last decade, maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. There's never been a final. The wonder is they've never met before. I suspect it mightn't be the last time. Mm. They're so far and away the dominant forces. They, you go through the last decade and the amount of trophies, trophies they've harvested, they're both invariably in the running on both fronts, mm. the knockout stages in both domestically and in, the, and in Europe. Um, and they're just serial winners and now they come head to head. It's the meeting of not so much two tribes as two uber-efficient machines because that's what they both are. Funny, I saw you, you write that uh, in your column on Tuesday and I wondered, did you... Like, did you mean it as a compliment or completely? All oh, right, so it's not. It's not as in this is this is going to be a dull spectacle. Oh, could be. Oh, yeah. it could be fifteen, twelve again. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah definitely. Yeah, it's yeah, a final. Yeah. Finals tend to be. Yeah, yeah, they can be. Could well happen that way. They're both got excellent defences as well as good attacks. They're both like got Yash excellent really against Raj. Remember that yeah. final? Like this. Is- I'd say it will be Farrell Sexton and mm. a mistake wins it. Discipline will be huge, yeah. Yeah, Garces' referee will be very significant. Makes it a very even more difficult game to call for that reason. He hurt uh, Saracen. Uh, who do you think he kind of damaged the most in the last one? He kind of he pinged Atoje three times. Mm-hmm. When you flip it around, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, I'm surprised he got the final because I didn't think it was his best game at all, particularly the breakdown. It's funny you mentioned uh, Discipline, Jerry. I, I was looking through some, some stats. Um, Saracen's conceded 73 penalties. Mm-hmm. Eight games, Leinster have conceded fifty-seven. Yeah, who is who is says better for? Or oh, do we? Or do, we don't is know. it unpredictable? It's very unpredictable because he's not even consistent. The breakdown in terms of sometimes he'll give a penalty to a jackal who's maybe not on his feet and should be, or not supporting his own body weight. Other times he won't. He's it's it's very much on the day. Like this game itself, it's very much. I wouldn't say. Can you see him favouring one side over the other? I say he'll try and get out of the way. Mm. You know that's what he does a lot. He, yeah. It was funny because we were. Co- it, it, you get familiar with somebody. We were. Uh, he was definitely the best referee in the world about a year ago, and mm. kind of liked the way he does it. But he can kind of—he's been kind of annoying in games recently because of the way he doesn't do the ref to break breakdown properly. But um, I think he'll get himself. I think he's got enough experience to get himself out of the way. There will be a call or two, but also they've analysed him to death. It's significant, though, isn't it, that you know Leinster are very Irish-like in that they place a huge premium on their discipline and they don't take chances. That's a, a whereas whereas down, Saracens yeah. live on the edge. Um, they, they just do, you know, that they, they live very flagrantly on the edge. They push up hard and fast. They'll, they'll, um, they'll obstruct off the ball. They'll, you know, they're very good at escorting, quote-unquote, which is a big feature of the game now, just not being policed anymore. Oh, explain I think, that. What's well, escorting? escorting when, you, when a team puts up a high box kick, the defending team can just put players in the pathway of the chasers um, to and, and, and come back towards their own defender. So they're escorting the attacking player out of the way. And it's not being policed anymore, really. I think the new directive this season for the, uh, the TMO to play a less active part has led to 
looser refereeing as a result. The TMO should be taking a more active part and players are, are playing by the laws. You it know. was very noticeable in the, the quarterfinal against Glasgow, mm. what they did to the winger. What was the winger's name? Uh, Rory um, Hughes? I can't remember his name, that they were hanging ball after ball uh, up box kicks from Ben Spencer. Uh, Strettle and all these guys running, running, running and exactly like the escorting, kind of just accidentally on purpose running in. I think Leinster have an advantage over Munster in the fact that not only are they a better team, frankly, which they are, but also they'll have done their homework. Uh, they'll have seen what Saracens did in the semi-final. It was a very interesting tactic. They put balls up in the air and Rob Carney was talking about this. I don't know whether we discussed this in this programme before. We might have, but Strattle in particular was going up high one-handed to deliberately flick the ball in field. Whereas Rob was going up, you know, fullbacks would often go up to catch the ball. Now they're making it a, they're making it a scrap for the breaking ball, to use a GA term. And... Uh, you know, Leinster are going to be much more alive than Munster were to the balls being deflected in field because that's where they picked up a lot of the scraps and that's really where they did an awful lot of damage in that first 20 minutes. I'd be surprised if Leinster allowed them that largesse again. I'll point you towards, though, uh, Easton Asiwa has a column in the paper on Saturday. Um, last season in the quarterfinals when Leinster, they got a try. Gary Ringo's got a try three minutes into the, start, the game that beat Saracens. And what happened was it was a Wigglesworth box kick and they didn't get the blockers up. Carney got it clean, rushed in field and the Saracens, it was effectively a turnover, you know. Saracens' defence is not set. This is the only way you can pretty much score a try against them. When their, their defence is fractured, Luke McGrath, quick ball to Ringrose. Ringrose throws at this perfect pass to Nasiba, and all of a sudden it's a two-on-two. Two. And James Lowe, Nasiba gets the ball, he shovels the ball on quickly, and it's Lowe against Liam Williams. Liam Williams is an excellent defender, Lowe bumped him. Mm-hmm. And then everyone started following the ball, and that's where the try came from. But it is—it it came from two things: uh, Carney's cop on to get in field before their defence was set, and and Ringrose's sweet pass. So that's how you—that's how you break—that's how you break them down. If you, if they set, there's no way through. If you get if you get them before they set, that's your only chance. And Leinster did it after three minutes, which is like the dream against Saracens because Owen Farrell is going to kick points. He's, they're going, their pack is going to earn the positions for him to kick points. Ultimately, Saracens are brilliant front runners, and yep. the key for Leinster is to not let them run from the front. Mm. Would that be fair to say? They've been two scores clear going into the last quarter of every game in the European Cup this season. They're brilliant front runners. They're quite happy to play territory. They're very patient, and they will build scoreboard pressure through three points from Owen Farrell three, six, nine, twelve. That's what they do. And they're a very hard team to play catch up against because when they get in the lead, then they'll put it down in your territory and they'll go with their blitz defence and they'll just choke a team and they'll force a team to then play from their own half, force them to take chances, what happened to Munster. And if you kick the ball back to them, it's got to be a kick with chase. You can't just give them the ball back, which is what Munster did a lot. So I think there's a couple of other aspects of this. One is Leinster's defence and one is their attack, obviously. I think with regard to their attack, they, have, they will keep the ball better than um, Munster did. And I don't think they'll kick it away without a chase as badly as Munster did. I think they'll, they'll put... They'll bring Saracens through defensive sets that they generally don't get brought through, certainly not in this European Champions Cup. They've had a pretty smooth ride to the final compared to Leinster. That's no bad thing for Leinster, that they've had to dig deep along the way and get to get there. And I think that uh, when it comes to Leinster's defence, I don't think Saracens will have quite witnessed anything like this before in the European Champions Cup either. That's the key for me as well, is the Leinster defence. I've spoken to a lot of Munster players about that semi-final and they just think that once Saracens get on the front foot, once they get over the gain line, any momentum then they're almost impossible to stop because they've got such an array of heavyweight carriers like the two Vunapola brothers, Maro, Toje, so forth. And then they might bring on Will Skelton from the bench with 20 or 30 minutes to go. Like, it's just, he's playing the best rugby of his life. He should be back in the Australian squad. And you've got a playmaker like Jamie George in the backfield as well. They're a really 
ultra-efficient, well-coached, well-drilled side who have a game plan and stick to it. Put it this way, if Leinster win this, this would be the most hard-earned fifth star when it came to a final. This is the toughest opponents they faced in the final. I interviewed uh, George Cruz for the weekend as well and uh, he just kind of, he charts the evolution of this Saracens team. It's it's fascinating. Like on, was it, it's 10 years ago when he was a kid in the academy. Ben Inventor came in. Ben Inventor came in. It was called Black Monday where he told 18 players, yeah, you're, it's, you're, you're done. Mm. We're either ripping Time's up your contract, up, yeah. we're either paying you or you're gone. And now, like back then, they were, they were a team that bought in the superstar to save them and that he just came in and he goes, no, we must stop this. If the money option is not working, we must build from the bottom. And at the time they went, they had Owen Farrell, Jamie George, Cruz, Itoje all hadn't in come the in. They were all yeah. coming into the, they were all yeah, in Yeah, because I read there during the week, like their five Lions from last year all came, all started in their academy. And six, well six, no, Billy Bonapola didn't, didn't start in the academy, yeah. he was mm. brought in, yeah. Mm. yeah. He didn't, he was picked but didn't, couldn't go through the injury, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they both they both brought five. They're both the, the leading suppliers, the Lions, and Bar Jack McGrath looks like he's out of favour at the moment, not getting the Geordie Murphy treatment. Nine of them at least will be going head to head again at the weekend. Like it's Don King could have no problem selling the fifteen matchups here. There's some amazing matchups when you think of the two Lions props, Tyke Furl and Makovunapolo against each other. Maro Toje, uh, a Lions star, um, you know, blazing a trail through winning everything in his wake, captain of his English under twenties, great success there. European Player of the Year and then James Ryan two years behind following the exact same slipstream you know captain of the Irish under 20s best ever World Cup breaking into the international team I mean that they, they the second could well be the second Lions was... I could see them being Lions teammates and even roommates one day because they're both studying politics degrees the locks, <laughs> the locks is the battle you know what I mean yeah. like uh, it, Dev needs to be structurally excellent mm. and like these two locks are the reason why England if they win anything if they win the World Cup it'll be because Cruz and Atoje England have always built their, their strength on their biggest strongest men that's it that's the base and it goes from there and that's Saracens with Cruz and Atoje like look what happened they failed mis- England failed miserably in the 2015 World Cup the one major the one really noticeable thing that changed in their team when they won the Grand Slam in 2016 was that second row and now James Ryan and Dev Toner need to be better than them and uh, Darcy actually in his column this week said he thinks that James Ryan is a better uh, all round player than Atoje we need to see the proof of that. Uh, They're different, Gav, aren't they? You know what I mean? I mean, Ryan would admit he's not nearly as good as a Toje over the ball because he's just that bit taller. And you won't see Ryan in the wider channels where you'll see a Toje because he's such a wonderful athlete scoring tries like out in the winner and outside centre kind of position because he's just such a brilliant, brilliant athletic. They're slightly different players, but they're brilliant. And then, of course, you've got the Several other matchups. I think Jack Conan versus Billy Vunapolo's huge matchup. Just Jack for Cohen's, yardage, you mean? Just, just for, for yard, who gets yes. the most yards. Yeah. yeah, yeah the the, the key to, to this is that um, Leinster nearly said Ireland, because I'm thinking of how Ireland have stopped Billy Vunapolo last year uh, in the past um, when they came looking for the Grand Slam, do you remember, in the Viva Stadium? And, and Ireland pretty much st- stopped Billy, Billy Vunapolo and started this what I mean about their line speed is going to have to be much sharper than Munster's going to have to really push up into um, Saracens' faces and maybe tackle Vunapolo low not try and go too high on him you know, yeah. get him around the ankles both teams, both teams are brilliant at denying the key elements of the other team from doing well mm. my example would be how Itoje denied Tyg Byrne having any impact on the mm. breakdown in the semi-final my other example would be how Leinster d- denied Tyg Byrne having an impact in the semi-final last year you know what I mean they target people um, so that's what has to happen the I thing thi- is there's been all through the week you know people have been going you know you've got your Sexton Farrell Ryan Itoje Furlong Michael Vinopola and all that Conan Billy Vinopola 
looks to you know to the untrained eye like that's that's the one spot where there's big advantage Saris <coughs> no well, Conan's form no. Mal has Conan's been Conan best season of his life. is having is, is genuinely going to be challenging uh, CJ Stander for Definitely. the number eight jersey. Definitely. If this keeps going the way he's going, like if he's, Lentz, more, he's more dynamic than CJ as a carry, he mightn't get quite the same volume of work done. But I tell you what, his numbers are getting right up in that kind of sphere as well. His tackle count's really gone up in the last couple of years. You can see that's something that Joe Schmidt demanded of him, and it's, it's, his tackle execution is very good as well. But he's that little bit more likely than CJ to come up with a big play that will decide a game. Think of the quarterfinal against Ulster when the shorts hanging down off and that explosive burst through and the offload to um, Adam Byrne for the try. Like Jack Cohn, it's hard not to believe that whichever of the two number eights has the bigger yardage, that team won't win the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, like so. If Leinster win the match, Jack Conan has had a game of his life, and is probably will, will be genuinely talking about him being an Ireland starter, and also Luke McGrath. Mm. I think you know what I mean because you're, because of the way you said it, Leinster going to have the ball more. Luke McGrath is 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 going to the World Cup if Leinster win because he will have had such an impact on this game. I feel, mm. and the other factor. And the reason why you're probably going to ask me for a prediction, I, I think predictions are just ridiculous because it's too evenly matched. But if anyone's going to make the difference, I think the players of Kansas City are right. I think the coaching of Stuart Lancaster, because he capped so many of these six of players, because he knows them so, so intimately. Yeah, it's an that, advantage. Uh, it's a huge advantage. It is, yeah. yeah, it is. But the other matchup, obviously, the other key one, is going to be, which is going to be fascinating. Because they're both short fused, they're both fiery, competitive players. They're both playmakers. They're both goal kickers. <laughs> we don't even have to mention their names because they're just. And apparently, the Lions tour they became the best of buddies. Yeah, very tight. Very you, tight. You can you can see a, a genuine warmth between. Oh my god! And you see the hatred though in Twickenham last oh, yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it'll be like that again. It was yeah. vicious. And it'll be like that again. The two yeah. of them though, their their form has been. Up and down this season, hasn't it? Has been a little bit, yeah. Who, who do we go to first? Johnny, yeah. I don't know if Johnny's form has been quite as bad as people make it out to be. Um, everybody just dismisses his Six Nations as being just ranked bad all the way through. I wouldn't go that he had far. Niggles. He, yeah, he had niggles. I thought he was excellent against France. I just think he had a particularly bad game in Wales. Just the day itself, everything about it. You know, I personally think Joe Schmidt got that one wrong, bizarrely, unusually for Joe. He did and stink, that, Sexton did stink the joint out though with his restarts in, yes. in, in Cardiff. I don't think there would have been any harm or 25 minutes to go to bring on Jack Carty and Kieran Marmy and Jordan Larmer and tell Johnny and Conor Murray and Rob Carney, look, sorry lads, game is up, 22-0, we're not coming back from this, I want to see the boys in action. But be that as it may, he plays his first game for Leinster since December in the, in the semi-final and guess what, he's brilliant. And that's no surprise to me. It'll be no surprise to me again at the weekend. He's a big game player. You look at him, he's probably the greatest European player of all time now. A four-time winning out half in finals. And he makes it a fifth, it's indisputable. He's the best player in the tournament's history. You add that with Grand, a Grand Slam, Six Nations titles, two Lions test tours. This guy's body of work is quite extraordinary. It's, it's, it's no wonder he's World Player of the Year. As for Owen Farrell, he was made captain and kind of the Farrell tide lifted all English boats and he was brilliant for them. But then, you know, there have been a few sh- high shoulder hits that he's got away with, at key moments late on in games. And in, in, in against Wales, away from home, he got a little bit rattled. They tried to get at him and they did get at him and he put kicks out in the full and he didn't kind of change the tempo of England's play. And in the, in the opposite way, against the Scots, when the game was getting away from them, when they needed to slow it down and not get involved in his... 100 mile an hour offloading pyjama rugby whatever you want to call it which suited the Scots they lost their way a bit and I think he was taken off as well so like his, his star isn't quite shining the way it did at one point during the scene now that being said 
he is a wonderful player and a brilliant defender, but also his, he's got spatial awareness. He's, he's got an array of passes and his ability to pick out the right pass is just uncanny. Farrell. Yeah. Yeah, Sexton's very... Pa- uh, oh yeah, they're both brilliant. Yeah. I think Sexton's passing locker is a bit fuller, I think. Cheapers, do you? Yeah. Remember that pass do, from Farrell in the opening minutes against Ireland at yeah, Viva? That was special. That was, a, that was as special. good a pass as any in the tournament. That was a brilliant cutout pass, but Sexton can go big, small. He just has a little bit more of a... He can do... Jeez, Farrell can go big too. But like, look at it, they ch- why did they go back to Sexton Farrell in the second test on the Lions tour because of I, th- I feel like it was Sexton's pa- array of passing in those in the second third test well, actually it was two turn. passing combining yeah. that actually led to the Toby Fallot out try it gave Definitely. them a 10-12 playmaking axis that they could move the ball wide and they went wide right and then wide left to the two boys and got Fallot in and that was the turning point in the series be gas to see them both going into the same bin for a scrap or something <laughs> <laughs> not beyond the bounds so again like goal kicking ratio Johnny's is slightly higher mm-hmm. than Owen Farrell's as well in this tournament. You know, you'd certainly back, um, well, you'd back either, let's be honest. They're both world-class goal kickers and world-class players. There's, there's nothing to, to worry about here from Leinster's point of view mm. in their league form. Is there, they're, they're like, they haven't won a no. Pro 14 match since the 1st of March. No. Like, I know that they were qualified. That's and a different I know, team. I know it's a Lens- different team. This Leinster team don't play in the <laughs> Pro 14. But there's nothing to be read into that at no, all. No, nothing. Nothing. End of discussion. There goes that question. Yeah. Come up with another one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, no, they, they, do you know what? It would have been relevant if they hadn't have qualified for the semis, being like where, like last August or something okay. like that. Yes. You know what I mean? They, they'd locked it in. So it was just, it was all about just picking and choosing who, who needs to play, who needs to do whatever, you know. Like they've. Nor yeah. would it be any problem that they haven't played in a couple of weeks because their, their Tuesdays are apparently every bit as tough as any match they play. And from what I heard, last Tuesday was. Typical, more of the same. Forty-five minutes of absolutely rapid-fire um, training. They did the same before the Toulouse game. Made it very loose and fancy-free to emulate how the Toulouse are going to be. They'll be well prepared. They know what's coming at them. Well, and again, I figure Saracens will probably be well prepared too. If they win, do you know what the English and French will start to complain about? They start to complain about. Hang, you're allowed to use sixty players. There has yeah. to be a limit on the number of players. This yeah, has yeah, to yeah. stop. This is not a club. This is a, <laughs> this is a branch of the IRFU. You know, that's the. Uh, do you see a, Saracens rested their front line, their first choice fifteen, most probably last weekend. Absolutely trashed extra at the gate with around 30% possession and even less territory and a bunch of kids out of their academy. They're getting almost Leinster-like. <laughs> yeah, they bought a school. <laughs> they they, they yeah. bought Barnett to start, because they have to, their they, uh, own slot wrote a good piece in the Times about it, how it's almost uh, kind of, the way Newcastle tried to mirror the Barcelona model back in Newcastle Rugby mm. 20 years ago. They're doing it now. They bought a netball team there recently. Their women's team invested loads into it. It's at all across the St. Albans city area. Uh, they literally bought a secondary school. Mm. <laughs> also, there'll be no still bother no, to them. Still no fan base, though. They, they, well, I was just about to say that, Gavin. It won't bother them in the slightest because they're just so used to it. Everywhere they go, they're comfortably outnumbered. That's why they have to draw their spirit from within with these trips to all around the world, mid-season, mid-breaks, the way they... They're a very family-type club. They there's look a crash after families. On, there's a crash in the yeah. club. That's, that's yeah. kinda, that kind of stuff matters, yeah, you know. it does. And they're... And they're I think it was... Sri Lanka was making the point that the team that played in the final three seasons ago, the pack could almost line out absolutely unblocked. Now, they probably won't. Probably won't be Vincent Cock at tight out, but it'll be seven of the eight from the pack in the final uh, two years ago. Two years ago, sorry. Can we, yeah. can we just say, though, there is... And a fair few of the same backs, too. There, we, we, it'd be remiss for us not to say there is an investigation into the fact that they may have breached their salary cap by a million. Again. Again. Yeah. Again. Like, uh, yeah. again, someone worked it out there. This is... It, look, this is not proven. They could still easily get away with this and move on and all that, but... 
it could be like there is a there's an undertone from the rival English clubs. That's where a lot of the information is coming for the UK media is that they they're cheating financially. So um, it's, yeah, it has to be noted. They're envied and disliked in equal measure in England. But Which I would dare say that Ireland, Leinster are equally envied and disliked in Ireland. That's what happens when you're serial winners. Come back to matters on the pitch for a second. Um, if we're looking at uh, it tactically, we've seen said the line speed of Saracens be basically the equivalent of kryptonite to Johnny Sexton. How do Leinster play around that line speed? Or do they? Do they just meet fire with fire? Quick or? ball, Pat. It, yeah, it has to be turned over. It has to be... Before, once they set, you can't... It's, I don't think you can be beating them. You know what I mean? Like even that... that, that but does tr- Johnny play on the line That's the way he's been judges playing that. He varies season. it. He judges it based on the, on the speed of the ball, as Gaz says, and whether they're going forward through the big carriers. Then he will take it to the line. He has to. He did it all 80 minutes against Racing in the final last year. So much so, he got a little bit beaten up and couldn't take the goal kicks. But you know what? In the last 15 minutes, Gary Inrose and Rob Hendra started making inroads because Johnny just kept probing, kept probing, kept probing. And he is heroically brave. Itoje will get him. Itoje yeah. gets him in every game. Yeah. Itoje will find really, him. Yeah. Will yeah. find him legally late. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> legally late. He will. Itoje's brilliant at it. He'll leave that shoulder in and he'll hurt <laughs> it's him. A good album title. Um, like Isan Asiba again had to speak to the referee in last season's game. He goes, he goes, okay, we're ten minutes into a match here and it's four times. Mm. Our, our right half has been hit late. What are you going to do about it? You know, it's a big feature of the game it's again this happen. weekend. It's, it's going to happen. happen. He and knows. Do Leinster it. do the same? Do Leinster target Farrell in the same way? Of course, no. they'll try and get after him. Of course, they will. We've seen Wales do it. Farrell, great Farrell's success. Bigger. Farrell can take a hit better. Just you know, he's just he, he's Andy Farrell's son. Like, <laughs> <laughs> trust me, he can take a few belts. Like you know, Leinster aren't going to drift. You know, they're not going to have employ a drift defence on this one. They're going to go straight up into into their faces. They're going to try and bring Billy Vunapolo, Maka Vunapolo and Otoji down low and early. And by that means, then they can get at Farrell. So there's going to be a lot of attrition, you'd imagine, in oh, the early, this is say, be trench 20 warfare. minutes this. this. is going to be full-on trench war- warfare. Yeah, it's going to be a few be, players won't be play, playing much more rugby for a while after this. <laughs> Put it this way, no way will both sides be putting out the same 15 a week later. No, yeah, it'll, it's a good chance that you win this and it derails your chance of winning the other competition. Who, uh, who has an advantage coming in off the bench? Whoa, they have extraordinary power coming Looks off like the Fardy's going to start, so mm. Ruddock But Ruddock back in. in the bench, that's great. At yeah. least they've got Ruddock on the bench. It's an improvement. It's tough for Reese Ruddock because he captained the side in the last two pool wins, captained the side in the quarterfinal, was ill the day before the semi-final, would have played otherwise. But Vardy came in, Scott Vardy came in, scored two tries. And whenever he's there, Gav... I'm told that he just makes all the difference, not only to their attacking lineup, but their defensive lineup mall as well. You can throw a blanket over them. It's just see the the, the lineup mall try they got against Toulouse and they just kept going, kept going, kept going. And that's because a lot of that is because Fardy's in there and he's he's a little bit more proficient and specialist as a lineout operator as well, which will be useful coming into this game. Chalk Burger comes in for them, but it's not the same Chalk Burger that no. we saw years ago. So does Skelton start? Does it tell you? He could start, but he's been. He's been coming off the bench in a lot of their big games this season, which is extraordinary. Yeah, that that would that would make a slight difference. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to see it, but Jack McGrath coming off the bench would have been nice. But yeah. um, they had to, they haven't done that. They've been going with Ed Byrne, who's a good player. But so we'll see. I don't know if the bench will. I do you know? What? I they actually think it's going to be a close bench, game, but they? I think the dam will have broken somewhere by sixty seventy. I think it'll be a two score. I mean, unbelievably tight game, but be sorted out with ten minutes to go. Something will happen. Something will give somewhere. 
And I, again, that's where I come back to coaching. It'll be done in the third quarter that the team will be figured out. I'm totally guessing. But <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? And like, find me, find me an expert who can tell you exactly what's going to happen. It would be no surprise if the winning team is only a score ahead on the 18th minute and defending their line either, though, would it? Yeah, it's it's very, very possible. <laughs> yeah, I won't ask either of you to guess. We're going to go into a summer here where we're going to be guessing about hurling matches and football. Well, maybe not so much the football matches. Definitely the hurling, though, yeah. But in hurling, you know, so... What's the point? You know, we wouldn't hold it against you if you guessed wrong. Um, listen, thanks, lads, and we will talk to you, you next Monday. No. Well, if you want to predict, go for it, Gav. Uh, as I said, I just think the Leinster coaching ticket will slightly figure it out by a score or two. They'll just pull it away. Just at the uh, they'll pull away in about seventy minutes. I'm biased. I'm not going to lie. I was going to say I want Leinster to win. I don't particularly <laughs> like Saracens. I yeah. know a lot of the Leinster players yeah, yeah. and coaches and yeah, supporters. Yeah. It would be great to yeah. see. Johnny, and I'd love to see Sean O'Brien right off in the sunset. With uh, he's missed out on so many big days through injuries. It would be a great way to finish his European career with Leinster. So I'm biased, but I do think, for the reasons I outlined in terms of their defensive game and their attacking game, um, I think they will take Saracens to places they're not generally taken. Um, and while it might be a nail biter, and there are a lot of caveats in there in terms of injuries and the refereeing performance, I do take Leinster to win. Yep. Awesome. We'll talk to you Monday to see how right you were. Yep. Thank you very much, boys. Thank you, Cheers. Pat. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Declan. And uh, we'll talk to everybody on Monday. Cheers. Cheers.